The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Thunder Rosa talk about, of course, her appearance this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. What was she doing going into Tony Khan's office? We'll find out on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, from Wrestling Inc., we talk to our good friend Justin Labar, and we speak to the newest tag team on the SmackDown roster, Pretty Deadly, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. David, the question of the day before I start, everybody keeps asking me, what did you talk about with Ton- Papa Khan? Papa Khan. Papi Khan. With Papi Khan. Um, you'll have to find out. I'm not going to tell you absolutely any freaking details. That's wrong. Zero. 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 You have to watch the show on Wednesday. My Papi Khan can tell you what happened. But I know uh, some people are calling me TV Thunder now. So I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since we've seen you on TV. Obviously, uh, we hear you. You do the Spanish commentary uh, yes. for Dynamite every mm-hmm. Wednesday. And that's exciting. And we talk about that. But this is the first time we've actually seen you on TV in quite some time. I think yes. the last time, Thunder, that we saw you is when you had to relinquish the AEW Women's Championship uh, because of your because of your injury. So it was yes. good to see you back on TV again. That was awesome. It was good to see myself back on TV. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, yes! Hey, everyone. It's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Justin, as always, a lot to get into from this past week. And and the one thing is, is and we played we played the snippet on our air a little bit earlier on in the show, and that was from Edge. You know, Edge is back. Edge is saying that his career is winding down. He mentioned that if he captures the World Heavyweight Championship, you know, when that reign is over, uh, his career would be over. I have not been a fan of them acknowledging this World Heavyweight Championship. I am not a fan of the bringing into the fold. I'm not a fan that a championship that's exclusive for Monday Night Raw is going to now involve wrestlers that are on SmackDown. It's a mess. But that story, Justin, I find intriguing. So what are your thoughts about the World Heavyweight Championship? What is your thoughts about the uh, announcement from Edge? 
Well, I'm right there with you, and we talked about it last week. I the the whole new world title is confusing because then you have two physical straps and titles that Roman's carrying. What ha- does the universal title just disappear and fade into black? Or and 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 then and then yeah, why are we having SmackDown? You know, if you wanted somebody to be a, a champion on Raw, then why would you draft from the SmackDown in the first place? It's just confusing. Mm-hmm. You say yeah. it's an exclusive, so I'm right there with you. Um, the, the idea of Edge holding. A, a title called the world heavyweight title. And I think you said this earlier, if I, if I, if I heard it correct, uh, it, I mean, there is a certain synergy because you're right. You know, he, he, he defended it um, against Del Rio, I believe at that mania. And then, yep. and then he retired the next day. Uh, so there is a certain talk about long-term storytelling, but so I don't know that, that, that is intriguing that that would probably be, as I look at the, as I look at the bracket, that would probably be the most intriguing, you know, angle is, you know, having somebody because I can't recall that in WWE modern history of having somebody holding a world title and basically every match being is this their last match? And there's just constantly being a, a, a timer, I guess, just to get there. You know, we know that he would then have to take on Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. And I don't know if. Seth Rollins is arguably the hottest baby face the company has. Yep. Um, now, it is in Saudi Arabia and maybe the maybe the crowd reacts different I, I don't know but i just don't know if um putting him up against seth if that's the it would be a hell of a match obviously but i i don't know if that's what you'd want to do put him up against a, a baby face that is just right now just seems like everybody's loving seth i, I don't hear any any resistance so i i don't know but it, it is it is the most intriguing angle and if that's what they did it would be again probably the best swing the best effort to have this title legitimized and not feel like this manufactured prize that we uh, at least at least a couple of us here have have that feeling of so um it's to the point now that talking about it with you it's almost like i might be disappointed if anything else happens exactly. and probably something else yeah. will probably happen i i agree with you it's almost like now by hearing that if 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 um and let's just say edge wins tonight or like if he loses tonight then it's just like, why did you even present that scenario to get people talking? Because now that's going to make me hate the World Heavyweight Championship even more than I did before. <laughs> yeah. You know, be hilarious. The, the <laughs> other thing, the other thing I question though is, okay, you, you drafted Edge to SmackDown, and so he's on SmackDown for a week or two mm-hmm. weeks, and then and then he wins the said title. Part of what I liked about him being drafted to SmackDown. Was it freshen things up? Because okay, let's say he becomes world heavyweight champion, and now he is defending this exclusively on Raw. Assuming they keep the rules, you know, yeah. they, they seem to, they seem to be making it up as they go. But let's let's, let's assume that they keep it as they're t- saying it's going to be. Well, you look at Raw. I mean, I guess who's his list of opponents? You know, I mean, Judgment Day is occupying Raw, but we 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 just spent a year doing him in yeah. Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, a, a title would make it, I guess, feel a little bit bigger, uh, and I certainly would love to see Damian Priest in a title picture, but you know, okay. So that judgment, that's, that's three guys right there that let's just try to cross them off. Cause he's, he's, he worked them for last year. So that's three that are taken off. You have Gunther, who's the IC champion. Um, but they don't normally have, you know, mid card title holder currently going up against a world title. So I'm going to scratch that. Um, you know, Cody, but I, that's a dangerous thing you want to get into because I think we're trying to keep Cody away from, title right now because next time he probably comes up with title he probably needs to win it so let's cross him off um you know shinsuke another baby face i mean again i guess cross that like so i, I you know miz miz is there but i just 
I kind of wondered. I thought I liked him going to SmackDown because it, it was fresh opponents. It felt like with the way the draft shook out, Edge is world champion on, on Mondays. I feel like to get any kind of run out of this, to have him be world champion until the fall, or dare I say, until they get around to Mania time again next year. I just I don't know uh, with how often he need to defend it and and how many fresh opponents and feuds you can come up with. Well, apparently you don't have to defend it out often. I mean, we have a champion that barely defends the championship. Why the heck is he had to defend it anyways? But well, well, I, but, that, but I think that's the point of this title yeah. is that they're trying to counteract the fact that Roman is, for all intents and purposes, part time in terms of appearances go. So I think yeah. that's I think that's part of the point of this title is they wanted to have a world title on every show to be able to build to whether it's house show, whether it was but, premium right, event. But the, again, the point is, Justin, is like you just mentioned all these people that are in Raw. A bunch of these people he already faced for over a year. Like, yeah. like it's like, are you gonna recycle stories? Are we gonna like, uh, like, it just you know, are you just announce another match next week? There's no build up, like, just to like have somebody defend a title, just to defend a title. Again, that's that's the thing that make fans not want to watch shows is when this kind of stuff happen, you know. But if that's what they're gonna do, that's what they're gonna do. Like, but it's like for the fans, it's not fair. For, you know, for just the sake of having a championship to be defended, well, I guess that's what it is. Well, here's the raw, re- really quick, here's the raw roster when it comes to the men, okay? Tazawa, who isn't anywhere near the main event scene at all. Angel, same thing. Apollo Crews, who just came over from NXT, but who's a babyface. Braun Strowman. Um, here's a name that's an interesting one. Bronson Reed. Uh, Chad Gable, again, he's with Otis and, and a completely different storyline. Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, as you said, when it comes to the Judgment Day, has been muddled. Dexter Loomis, Dominic Mysterio, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Gunther, Humberto, uh, J.D. McDonough, who's a new uh, newly acquired from NXT, Jinder Mahal, Johnny Gargano, Kevin Owens, uh... You know, Imperium, you know, everyone with Imperium, Matt Riddle, Mansoor, uh, Odyssey Jones, Otis. That's it. That's so your raw all, men's roster. So out of all, <clears throat> excuse me, out of all that, it looks like Ginger's leading a new stable, which is intriguing, but I don't know if they would be ready. And, and I know Edge could probably teach anybody. So I, I, I quite, out of, out of everybody you said there of realistic heels, Bronson Reed would be that. Simply because you're not going to have, and I know that would be a, a bit of a jump for him, but he, he's not going to challenge fellow heel Gunther for the IC title. So Bronson Reed would be one. But then if you cross out the Judgment Day for the reasons that we just said, everybody else you have, KOC, everybody else you have are faces or they're heels that are clearly not <clears throat> ready, especially in the eyes of the audience. So I don't know how that works. It, it's a difficult one. And. Like, again, I, I don't see Edge winning. I still think most people would predict Seth Rollins to win. They want a baby face that's on Monday Night Raw that's going to get attention. But, but Justin, like, I think at some point, and we know this has happened because it's happened all the time, at some point this draft is going to be meaningless. And we're going to see people go from one brand to the other. And I still think this World Heavyweight Championship waters things down. It hurts Roman Reigns in the perception of Roman Reigns. The only way to me they save it if it if it is Ed's that wins it. But like you said, there's such a limited amount of men that could go up against Edge. It really does, still doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. It's it's crazy that uh I mean obviously WWE's you know they're 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 globally 
they're a global powerhouse and all the, you know like all the all the all the, uh, all the things they've done. But it is wild to me. It has been 22 years. For 22 years since WCW and ECW went away, WWE for 22 years has been trying to manufacture competition internally. Whether it was an invasion angle, yeah, which which good God, you had the entire wrestling world under in your hand and under your checkbook and you and you and you screw an invasion angle up still <laughs> whether it's an invasion angle try to manufacture brand supremacy between because you're right you said they have tried doing brands and draft i mean how many god how many drafts have we had in 22 years i i, I at, at least 10 i'd have to imagine which yep. is insane and they never last more than six months and until we start making rules well uh it's a super show so rosters from both brands can show up or or uh oh you're allowed three crossovers this and you know so i don't know it's just so, so funny to me they, they try and try and try and it's like why if you had this great rock if you had this great wide open roster just let them free flow to both it doesn't need to be you know whatever i don't know aside from our edge fantasy booking to both of you so you have edge aj ray mysterio austin theory bobby lashley sheamus those are the six so it's gonna be one of those six to face seth rollins realistically who do you think it's gonna be uh to both of you Gosh, uh, it's hard because you it, it, you kind of have to look at the baby fee, baby faces and heels. I think mm-hmm. with the exception of Austin Theory, it's all baby faces, right? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, like, unless unless they have Sheamus, which Sheamus turns, you know, but yeah, it's pretty much baby faces. It's all baby faces. So and, and and Austin Theory is your United States champion. So that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. It shows you how limited both rosters are because you're dividing the two. I I honestly, Justin, outside of Edge, I can't. It's I can't really think of a viable. Really, I. I boy. I mean, it, we said you. you we said said Rollins, but again, it's like um, what we what. What I'm hearing you guys talk and what, you know, the talent pool is like they have to develop stars again. And I think that's another that's another thing that I've been reading a lot uh, lately in terms of like what's happening right now at, uh, at WWE. They're not developing new stars. They're focusing on people that already have that been established. But I don't feel like they've done a really good job on developing the mid carters to become like the next huge stars. And this is what where you know we're dealing with right now in terms of like who's going to be a champion if like this champion is going to be able to like defend the championships with people that are uh of of caliber and i think that's what we're having such a huge issue in here you, you know thunder it's I, almost like i kind i i half agree with you half disagree i feel like they are developing stars but in the but none of them apply in this situation i mean again all of Judgment Day, the men and women, Rhea and the three guys, have all are all developing into you know, and obviously yes, Rhea- but it's just like I'm saying, I, I I get that that they can only develop a certain certain amount at a certain time, but right now we're dealing with this problem and where you're creating a new title and then what is this title going to mean? Nothing, and that's what everybody's complaining. Like everybody will be complaining, right? It because they can't defend it with. Babyface heel is going to be babyface, babyface. And how are you going to develop the stories that make sense? Well, and, and again, it, I guess it's going to have to develop. I, I really think this and Thunder, to your point about development of younger stars. And even though we've seen him before on NXT, but now he is on the main roster, but they haven't really done a lot with him. And maybe this is where it changes is Bronson Reed. 
Because whether it's Edge or one of the other baby faces that you mentioned, Justin, or it's Seth Rollins, I think Bronson Reed's going to be the key here. They don't have a lot of heels on Monday Night Raw, and I feel whoever wins this world championship, one of their first opponents, or one of their first big opponents, is going to be Bronson Reed, and I think that's going to elevate Bronson Reed for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's uh a funny situation they have themselves in and you have other talent on raw otis and the otis thing chad gaby there's other talent that are there i just uh, i don't know this i feel like they put themselves in a corner and 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 they and they and they and they created the situation they decided they manufactured the situation and maybe that's why and that's probably what somebody who's in favor of the world heavyweight championship that's probably going to be one of their arguments here roman's that established guy that's not on tv much doesn't defend the title much. This World Heavyweight Championship, as they said, will be defended a lot. Uh, so maybe that's their way of saying, hey, a lot of this younger talent or a lot of this talent that hasn't gotten an opportunity will get this opportunity because of the World Heavyweight Championship. That's probably going to be the argument from the other side. We'll see how it plays out, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's not the, This is not the start that you want in my no, mind for a new title. <laughs> And to your point, Thunder, a lot of questions will be answered tonight when we find out who's going to go up against Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. But I think, I honestly think the only viable one is Edge because he's super popular. And remember, Prince Money. Yes. And that is, and that's a a major uh, match for Night of Champions is Edge versus Seth Rollins. All right, Justin, we have a few minutes, but before we let you go, um, let's get into AEW. We've heard it before. We heard it on Wednesday. Tony Khan with a huge announcement for next week. Uh, A lot of people speculating what that might be. What do you think that announcement's going to be on Dynamite? Uh, I think we're going to have a few announcements. If if I heard him correctly in his, in his, uh, when he appeared on Wednesday, he had said tune into TNT. Yeah, uh, and then he clarified on Twitter that he. So I mean, I think we probably are getting the reveal of whatever the TV future is in terms of uh, rights deal. I think we're probably getting the official announcement of the uh, heavily rumored show that to debut in June. I think I think we're Saturday show is what is what the understanding is. I think Collision is is the the word that's been trademarked. So uh, I think we're going to get a couple announcements. Uh, all big deals. All 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 a big deal for them. I I think um, I think everybody would agree that. Another program, you know, that they did away with dark and, and, you know, another another top tier a level program is needed, given the size of the locker room that they certainly have the talent to fulfill such. Um, It's certainly going to add a whole lot more workload on him and his staff and hope they're ready for it. But I, I think it's there. I think it's there. And then the audience is there for it. Um, So that's exciting. And then the rights deals and then the rights deals are, you know, obviously that's revenue that that's that security. Hey, you know, you, they get a five year TV. That's security. And there's no more of. You know, you know that that security. It's also a big deal just to wrestling world in general because it's just like in sports. When a free agent quarterback signs a deal, then their other fellow free agent quarterbacks that are up for new contracts, what have you, you know, it sets a precedent. So my, what I'm getting at is, you know, what AEW does with their TV, I think it does affect then WWE, who's at the negotiating table with their potential distribution because yeah, they're, cause, you know, it's like, hey, now. There's a value out there of what professional wrestling, what this content is worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, so you know, I know a lot of times we try to say to to fans when they get uh, tribal, stop. It, not everything has to be compared WWE to AEW, but in this situation, they do tie into each other because 
uh, you know, because of that factor in the world of business negotiations. And I think that's got that. So, so in a weird way, WWE behind closed doors should be rooting for AEW to jack that price up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, competition creates demand and demand. Uh, people are demanding a good quality professional wrestling now in all aspects. And we've seen it over and over again. Like now, Puerto Rico, now we don't, uh, AEW were, were almost sold out in Wimbledon. Like, People want to watch it. People want to buy tickets. People want to support this. This is it is becoming more popular than ever because it's accessible to what we were talking about, David. It's accessible everywhere. Streaming, yeah. like it was as, as, to your point on that. Like I was at Walmart and like the the backlash was on, and there was this guy on his wheelchair watching backlash in his wheelchair as he's walk as as he's purchasing stuff at Walmart. I mean. It's so accessible. They know they can make a lot of money. And if you add to everything that there is a, a writer's um, strike right now, they need content good on point. TV. That's a really good point, Thunder. They need with this, content. So, because we may not get many new episodes of, of shows that are coming back for the fall because of this writer's strike. That's a great call, Thunder. Yes. We may have to get into that a little bit later. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers we're extremely excited to introduce our guest for a first time ever on busted open now part of smackdown each and every friday night and it's elton prince kit wilson pretty deadly gentlemen thank you so much for the time and appreciate you coming on the show today yes boy, yes, boy. Thank you for having us. <laughs> first uh, of all excited. i want to say david i want to say your fashion sense. I was going to ask you, like, uh, where did you, how do you decide what to wear and like what colors to use? Like right now you're, I, I love the zebra 
patterns. Like that's like my thing. And um, like, how do you guys decide what what you're gonna wear based on your mood or the city or? Can you say something nice about my one first as well? Hey, that... what's the zebra one? Oh, I thought she complimented the ruffles. Oh. Well, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> listen, listen, time out, time out, time out. I'll take this one. You know, with the fashion, we always want to bring the thunder, you know? Always. Uh, <laughs> I think we just, we just do what feels right with us, you know? I'm sure you have similar days. Sometimes you feel like you're wearing this colour, sometimes you're wearing that colour. You're kind of expressing yourself through your outfit. And as long as we feel uh, jazzy, you got to feel jazzy. Not too jazzy. Jazzy. That's, that's oh, the key. Not too it. jazzy. But we want to. <laughs> we try to feel good. So that's what we're going for. Yeah, we're getting there. We're definitely. You know, a few years ago, we were just throwing stuff and seeing what worked. But I feel like we're starting to. Mm. We're starting to find our feet now and know. Start to know what works. Our favorite is to try and do like a little bit of same same but different. So mm. when, when we can, we'll try and sort of like opposite, kind of like dominoes almost. Uh, yeah. You know. But yeah, this is what we're working with today. You know, uh, Elton and Kit, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I have no idea what you guys are talking about because I have zero fashion sense. <laughs> I, I am a jean and t-shirt guy, so maybe the next time I see you, uh, maybe you can help me with that because I have no fashion sense at all, and it's a problem. Uh, but I got to meet you, um, you know, WrestleMania weekend uh, mm-hmm. at the Crypto.com Arena. Uh, you guys hosted what we saw at Stand and Deliver for NXT. And Thunder and I were just talking about it. And that was one of the rare times, at least when you were a part of NXT, to be at a big arena where you're going to have over 10,000 fans. Usually you're at the Performance Center and you're seeing pretty much the same faces each and every week. Now that's going to be completely different. Now that you're a part of the main roster, you're going to be in front of 10,000, 15,000 fans each and every Friday. Uh, and then you're going to be traveling, seeing different crowds each and every week. And I'll, I'll start with you, Elton. Like, what is that going to be like for you? Uh, I think a, a very strong mixture of, uh, n- slightly nerve wracking, I guess, initially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. A little bit of honesty for oh. you. Yeah. Um, but definitely exciting. The whole the whole journey's just been, you know, pretty quick. We went from the our main stint with NXT UK was during the COVID era in front of uh, no one. Obviously, okay. uh, we did the first set of tapings there where they let in. I think what was it like thirty people? Yeah, maybe forty. Yeah, forty people maximum. And then we came here and we've done just just over a year with the like you said the smaller sort of intimate crowd with with NXT. So it's a it's a it's a huge jump. Um, but one that's very, very exciting. Um, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I'll say that. Oh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun, boy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Kit, how about for you? Uh, I think, you know, talk, bringing it back to NXT UK, thinking about that, we've always been, we're very, like, goal-orientated. So we kind of think whenever we get to somewhere new, we're like, right, we need to, we need to crack this. We need to figure this out. We need to be us. And we need to kind of, uh, you know, get the gold. You know, we need to grab that that challenge that's in front of us. And we kind of go step by step and we've always found ourselves doing that. Luckily at such a fast and quick pace. And it feels, it does feel nerve wracking. It feels like a brand new thing. So much bigger crowds, so much more experiences, but I think we're just going to do the exact same thing. And we're just going to kind of be us, be pretty deadly and just put the, uh, the foot on the throttle, if you will. <laughs> guys, how do you guys felt when you got the news that you guys were going to be on, on the main card and like, Personally, as you know, as performers, how do you feel? Uh, well, great, of course. You know, there's not really many other things to say other than just how exciting it was. Uh, it was a very, I guess, stressful weekend because we were obviously every, everyone in the, in the performance center is hoping that it's them. 
um we we felt like we had a, a a good possibility not just because not just out of arrogance but we died on the nxt episode the week before so oh, yeah. nearly died well that's right <laughs> oh, I was gonna, I was gonna get to it. we we died well obviously we got chucked in a river but luckily we're two good swimmers very good swimmers so we made it out of there just uh but yeah so that kind of you know we thought there was maybe a good chance but again you know none of us knew um but yes it, it's funny because we heard the announcement and it's like we didn't even yeah we didn't even process what happened like we heard elton and then both of us were just mm-hmm. you know like i didn't even hear the rest of what anybody said and it wasn't until we sat down we had to find out what brand we were on because we were so excited from the news we didn't even notice <laughs> the graphic of, of where we were going we just knew we were we were we were going up so yeah very exciting you know, I've I've said this before whenever we've interviewed NXT talent about how great that locker room is and how much of a family you all are and how much you all support each other. And it, and it is really true. Probably the best I've ever been around since I've been covering pro wrestling now for over 15 years. I don't think there's been any better atmosphere in mm-hmm. in the in the entire business than that NXT environment. And so many great mentors and so many great uh, teachers that you guys have been around. And, you know, for and I'll and I'll start I'll start with you, Kit, like talk about that atmosphere in NXT to our audience. Yeah, the atmosphere is definitely so different in a again, just to slight bring back to NXT UK. We, we had camps, we had training, but that was every like six weeks, you know, for two weeks. But this is every day at the PC here in Orlando. You know, we're seeing these people every day. The the roster that we work with, we all kind of, you kind of get a bond being that close together that often. Uh, with us in the tag division, I really felt like we ended up working with everyone in the tag division through live events, through TV. And I felt like we all kind of got better in that process. Uh, and then when it comes to mentors, as soon as we got here, we all kind of, uh, you know, stuck with uh, Steve Carino. <laughs> but <laughs> that was nothing but a great thing. I can only say great things about Steve. I think... Not only did he help us in the ring, but he kind of helped us kind of navigate this world and navigate moving to this country and handling like a different brand. So a big shout out to Mr. Carino, oh, yeah. the sweetest man I know. <laughs> Ella, do you think you're going to have a tough time uh, with the transition from that environment up into the main roster? And are you nervous about that at all? Mm. Ooh. I guess there's always going to be slight nerves with new challenges, uh, but we definitely feel confident with what we do. Uh, we already had, we did the live, we did some live events with the main roster a couple of months ago. So that felt like a nice little warm up. Dip your toe. Mm, a nice toe dip, if you will. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think we feel pretty good about it. I think like similar to what Kit was saying earlier, it's just a case of what we've, what we've always been doing where we're just chasing that next goal of just, just doing, just doing us. Uh, and we feel very, very confident with the characters that we portray. Um, so we feel like it will go well. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it will. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah. it will. I'm sure it will. Um, David, I, they say something super key to me as a tag team. Bond, have a bond, mm. a special bond, right? I have, I, um, I will say I, I tag with a lot of people. One was Holly that we were the Twisted Sisters. Shout out to my sister. How do you guys became bonded the way that they are, you guys are? Because I know a lot of the times, some of the things that break a tag team is people want to grow as singles competitors. How are you guys were able to click so well? And how are you guys planning to continue to show that to the world now that you're moving to SmackDown? 
Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great point. Uh, an interesting question, really. We uh, we met on the independence, and we we uh, we kind of instantly became friends. And every every like independent show we'd meet, we got closer and closer, and we had like this in common, this in common. Uh, before we knew it, we had like the same move set before even like meeting, and we wow. just kind of it was just that moment where it was like, okay, I think. I think we're the same person. I think I really, really, really like you. Yeah, it's actually really, so even before before we'd met, what was funny was, because obviously, as, as you know, when you're doing the smaller independent stuff, you kind of start in like a very small area. And um, we, we had, like, I had a few friends on them shows and Kit had a few friends on his shows where they were like, oh, have you met Kit yet? Have you met Elton yet? Because you guys are just like the exact same person. So before we even met, we like knew of each other because everyone was telling us how similar we were, so. And that was even when we we weren't looking like this. We had like short shaved side, like mm-hmm. short haircut. We were completely different, but we were the same yeah. then as we are the same now. So, which I'm sorry, just to jump in because that one's really funny. It's got a good one. Uh, I got a good one here. Yeah. So we both had short hair, and one day I, I was growing my hair out uh, just because we wasn't again we wasn't um, yeah. tagging or we wasn't even necessarily friends that much yet, uh, and. I, I, a photo went on Facebook of my hair looking slightly longer, I guess. And I got a text from Kit being like, are you growing your hair out? And I was like, yeah, I've been thinking about it. He was like, no way, me too. <laughs> we had like a mid-length. Uh, but then that just kind of escalated, you know, and we kind of became a team on the independence. We, and then we just, it clicked, you know, and we thought yes. this is us. This is everything just feels better. Everything feels right. So then we signed with WWE as a tag team. Nice. And now we're just, we're on this run and we're going for that. We're going for that New Day run. We're going for that Usos run, you know, mm-hmm. where we want to be in this company for as long as possible, great but goals. we want to be that team. Th- you know, those this are is super great yeah, goals, guys. This is our market, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no singles runs for us. This, this is, is the a, tag team. That's, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> By the way, this is like totally off topic. I know that you guys, you guys have great goals, but have they ever asked you if you guys are together? Because they used to ask us that, like, are you guys girlfriend and boy? Are you guys married? You know, have they <laughs> asked you that? <laughs> Much like the Twisted Sisters, they ask us every yeah, day, yeah. every single day. Oh, yeah, that's as a, hilarious. As a regular social media comment. Um, really? One, yeah, very yeah. regular. And also, if people, a lot of people think we're brothers, um, which is very fun in sort of, I guess, any random situation like gas stations and stuff like that, where people often be like, are you guys brothers? And so, sometimes, depending on the day, we'll just play on it. We'll be like, yeah, twins. Identical twins. <laughs> and people buy it. So. <laughs> well, you know- you know, we had Alba Fire and Isla Dawn on a couple of weeks ago, and you know, th- they were finishing each other's sentences. It was like it was it was crazy. But I I would feel like in a way you kind of got your you know that you are married to your partner. You travel together, you work together, you're together constantly. So you know, just like anybody else, when they're with somebody for so long and spend so much time, you are going to kind of be in the same mindset at times, I would think. Oh, a hundred percent. We're so, we're so me brain, Sue brain. We're so linked in, you know, I think in a different world, we'd be more than just like work husbands. You know? <laughs> if we're talking multiverse. We're together in so many aspects, you know, uh, we're so close. We are. Yeah. How do you I guys think it's feel? Important. I, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, um, there's another thing that you guys said that it really caught my attention. It was coming to this country. You guys are from the UK. And uh, mm-hmm. how was the transition? Because it's a totally different world. And I heard it from like so many different people that come from Japan or from over there. I'm from Mexico. So coming here, it was like a big, uh, you know, you know, chalk. Like, how do you guys mm-hmm. with being with together? How do you guys help each other to like assimilate to this new the new world? 
Yeah, well, I think that's the, the, the key to it being a lot easier. It's just the fact that we had each other. We often talk about, like, if we were singles wrestlers, you know, whether we would have even came. Or, I think we survived. Yeah, how it would have been. Because, uh, like you say, it makes a huge difference. I think we were definitely, I think we were caught off guard because I think being, and maybe this is a really ignorant, stupid comment, but, like, being English, I feel like you don't necessarily think there's that many differences between England and America. It kind of, I don't, I don't know if that would be yeah. fair. You kind of feel like it's very similar, but upon arriving, you realise, you know, it's, it's it's not necessarily the big differences, but it's all the ti- the regular tiny little differences that sort of stack up. Mm-hmm. There were so many subtle subtle differences in the background that you weren't even acknowledging, but like, you know, you felt, it felt different. It felt foreign and kind of, it was, it was a big adjustment. Yeah. And I think we're there now. Now we're kind of all in. Now we're here, but it took... It took maybe uh, six months. Yeah, so I don't it definitely know. took a long time to feel to feel comfortable. But I, but England rains all the time, and Orlando is lovely, so that helped. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've kind of become fascinated with the UK wrestling scene, and I subscribe to a magazine. It's it's not around anymore. Called Fighting Spirit magazine. It was all about mm. uh, wrestling in the UK. You both wrestled for Progress and Rev Pro, and you know, the, talk about the UK wrestling scene a little bit and the fan base of wrestling in the UK. Yeah. I mean, so I guess there's pre COVID and and after, but before COVID, it was just picking up such steam. Uh, You know, it was, it was almost becoming the best independent scene in the world. It was, everyone was kind of talking about, everyone was watching it. And then obviously COVID happened. It affected everything. But I really think that it's kind of getting back there. I think Mm -hmm. big things are happening with progress, with ref pro, with, ICW up north. There's there's so much to be done. There's so much talent. Uh, shout out Cara Noir. I don't know if you guys know him. Great, fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's a load of hidden gems there. I think you can you can discover. That's awesome, and I'm really happy uh, that you became a part of the SmackDown roster. I'm very excited. Like I said, one of the highlights from WrestleMania weekend was being a part of Stand and Deliver and getting a chance just for a few moments to meet with you both. And I think you're custom fit for the main roster. I'm looking forward to to seeing you on Friday nights. Listen, uh, Friday Night SmackDown is the most watched pro wrestling so- show that there is. And uh, you're, you are now a part of that show. So congratulations. Uh, you have earned this and uh, I can't wait to see you each and every Friday night on my TV. Wow, that was, that was, that was lovely. That was lovely. I almost <laughs> like to hear her again, if you're willing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's something that we're going to, I think we're going to try and start to call it moving forward, Friday Night Snackdown. Ooh. Oh, oh, I like oh. that. Elton Prince, Kit Wilson, Pretty Deadly, guys. Thanks again for the time. So Congratulations much. and can't wait to watch you on Fridays. Nice to speak with you. Yeah, Thank this, you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it a lot. Right. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Thunder Rosa talk about, of course, her appearance this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. What was she doing going into Tony Khan's office? We'll find out on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, from Wrestling Inc., we talk to our good friend, Justin Labar, and we speak to the newest tag team on the SmackDown roster, Pretty Deadly, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.